Today, folks, this is uh, Joe McGee. I'm today. I'm joined by J. N. McGee. Uh, she is born and raised. Hi. There she is, born and raised in uh, Mississippi. She is an author. She wrote this book in my hand. It's called Little Girl Blues: uh, Existence of an Image. This is her book that's available now on Amazon. We're going to talk a little bit about her book today. So, J. N. H. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you here today. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about um, the book. It's basically the premises of the book is it's a compilation of uh, poems about uh, kind of a transformation from child to adult. Now in your book, I understand you've been kind of writing poetry uh, for a long, long time, probably 15 plus years. What was the inspiration to finally put it together in a book? I'm wondering. I've been writing poetry for probably a little more than 15 years. I'm horrible at math. But the inspiration behind me writing, um, I had or still have the trouble of communicating to others how I feel. I'm so used to people not listening to me or I think I'm kind of like invisible. So that's how I was able to get my um, feelings and things out was you know a blank sheet of paper and my pencil or pen and to be honest i never really thought about publishing a book of my poetry um just over the years i had a lot of people you know either you know trying to push me to do it or people that kind of you know it encouraged me to do it and you know last year september 12 2007 was just you know the step towards it like you know what the heck i got over a lot of poetry to you know publish i might as well i mean there's no downside to it that's a great story i appreciate the insight on that now the other thing that's that caught my eye was on your book cover um, my next question is really what what are we seeing here what what's the backstory about the cover what does the cover mean to you and what message are you kind of conveying conveying with the book cover little girl blues um the title basically comes from me being a you know my perspective from being a little girl even now even though i'm like huh, 30 years old <laughs> i uh still feel like a little girl i'm still trying to you know find out who i am what i want and you know literally throughout my um journey and struggle i'm trying to find my voice uh also the title uh existence of image it also goes with me trying to find out who i am you know what is my purpose what am i looking for not just in life but you know what am i searching for am i searching for completion am i searching for you know who i really am concerning my book cover uh <laughs> I uh, actually, Miss Francesca Winfield, who's the beautiful and wonderful, kind graphic designer that's stationed in the United Kingdom, she actually is the brilliance behind my book cover. Uh, when I was previously looking for somebody to do it, I had a lot of people that you know said they couldn't. A lot of people that said I was gonna have to hire photographers and get people to reenact you know what i wanted and i didn't have the funds for that um basically 
I just wanted a little girl on a swing sitting in front of a mirror. Because when I was a little girl, and even up to now, I love swings. I love swinging on swings. And um, when I was a kid, my grandfather, he um, built his own house, and he always had a swing. So before I would even speak to him, I would just dive on the swing, and I just swing back and forth. And it's like time kind of, it stood still, but it kind of, transported me to just a place of you know tranquility contentment and just being out in nature it really you know just brought a sense of calm and, and grounding and focusing you know a center point if you will it's called wire wire it's one of your your poems you're obviously familiar with it really caught my eye and i really enjoyed it so i want to really read it and we want, I want to talk about it for a minute. So I'll go ahead and read a passage from the book. It's called Liar, Liar. It's by J.N. McGee. Uh, you there on the wall, you know everything. So tell me, is my world going to fall? This person I'm looking at, I don't know her. I thought she died a long time ago, a martyr. Different personalities, innocent and demonic. One's not afraid of the light, but the other's chaotic. The evil personality scares me. That's not me. It's someone else that I see. It plays with my head, telling me things that are not true. Somehow it got loose, made a mess, I have no clue. I'm struck trying to clean up the mess. I can hear it laughing, teasing me, no less. I did lose something, trust, eating its dust. Crying out for help, labeled liar, alter ego, gets away free. I'm just sick and tired. Great, great stuff, great stuff. So tell us a little bit about that. When, when did that come about? When did you write that? What's, what's the meaning behind that uh, for, for the audience? Okay, um, this particular poem was created when I first got into college days. Uh, my first college was Delta State University that's in Cleveland, Mississippi. I absolutely love and miss that school. But when I first got there, a lot of people could tell I lived a sheltered life because I never really re went anywhere when I was a teen, I just kind of stayed at home and, you know, cook clean, you know, if I was by myself, I sing and dance. I was really kind of, you know, happy being by myself at home because I was just like, it was quiet, it was silence. It was just like the best feeling <laughs> ever. So it was a, a feeling, I kind of, I almost, I fell in with the wrong crowd, but I fell in with this, 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 uh, group of women they were pretty decent at the time and i met a young lady she didn't have any friends so you know me being the person that i am i'm like well she can come you know hang with me and my friends you know maybe that'll um help help her you know open her up kind of get her to be you know a little more comfortable but a lot of my friends didn't like her and the only reason why they tolerated her was because i dang near had to beg them you know to just give her a chance and she doesn't have anybody so when I was in a car accident, I was the only one hurt. I ended up having to come home when I wasn't there. Cut a long story short, she went around lying on me, uh, you know, kind of ruining my good name. So all the women that I was, you know, cool with at that time, when I got back, I had a whole bunch of women mad at me, and I didn't even know why. So it, at that time, it felt like, you know, I juxtaposed my characteristic 
with the alter ego from the other person that did so much damage because that person did so much damage that things were never the same with me and those ladies again so that's when I kind of got a little antisocial a little more withdrawn because I got to the point where I just really didn't trust anybody so that's how liar liar came to yeah that's that's that makes total sense I'm glad we uh, talked about that and thanks for sharing sharing that information for us. Uh, one thing, this is, no problem. this is probably um, a question that might be maybe hard for you to answer, maybe not, but in the current book here, you have, um, you have many, um, you know, many different um, of your poems in here. Is there a favorite? Is there such thing as a favorite poem? What would be your favorite poem in, in your particular book? I hate to ask you that, but I'm really curious. Let me see. That is a hard question. My favorite poem in my book would probably be Once Burned, Twice Shy. I think that's on page 18 or 14. But that poem, it speaks to me because it's based off a cliche. And at the time, I did not know what the cliche meant. I just heard it. called. You know, they were saying Once Burned, Twice Shy. So what I did, I took that, the, the cliche, the title to the poem, and I kind of did a play on it. And I don't mean like play, but, you know, play of words, like trying to get how I felt to actually match these words. So basically, you know, we, we all mostly, especially during, you know, childhood to um, adolescent, we go through a transition and, you know, physical changes, um, mental changes, emotional changes where, you know, once we was a, we were children and the world was just, I won't say ours for the taking, but we had our piece of the world. It was ours. You know, it was happy. It was playful. It was, it was just one of those things where you could just get lost for days and you wouldn't even care because you were just having so much fun. So you go from that perspective to being more mindful about how you look how you and how you're supposed to fit in and not just fit in and with the world but you're trying to fit in in this little corner of hell called high school and I won't lie I hated high school high school was hell for me I got picked on because of my weight I got picked on because I was different um I had a lot of people who were you know pray played pranks on me all the time like they were trying to set me up quote-unquote blind dates and then the guy in the, you know always kind of bust me out saying they didn't like me I was ugly blah 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 you know things of that nature so I had all of that going on and then I had to deal with me how I was constantly beating myself up because I wasn't good enough I why did I have to be different why did I have to look different why did I have to um develop early and those were genes you know I don't have control over that but you know when you're at that stage in your life you don't even know why and people children kids they don't care why all they know is you you just you look different you're not made up right like everybody else so once burned twice shy deals with all of that that i was going through how i always wanted to be somebody else i always wanted to look like somebody else i and then it got i didn't care what i had to do I, I wanted to be anybody other than me. I wanted to be like my best friend at the time. You know, she was thick in the hill. She had long nails. She had pretty long 
um, black hair, you know, she was, everybody talked about being with her and, you know, I won't say it made me jealous, but I really got envious of her. I'm like, every time we go somewhere, everybody wants to date her. Everybody wants to be with her. I'm like, why can't I be like that? So I'm always comparing myself to everybody else. So once burned, twice shy, it goes from me wanting so, so much to be like everybody else that by the end of the poem, it gets to the point that in my mind that worldly looks don't care. I don't care about that anymore. Cause like, no matter what I do, no matter how good I try to look, how I dress up and try to, you know, put on this, you know, ensemble, like, Hey, I can look good too. I can dress up too. At the end of the day, it really don't matter because it never got me anywhere. except more depression, more stress, more unhappiness and less, um, self-worth in this great great perseverance there i mean really to overcome all of that and really tell your story and and, and you know in these words and that that's that's fantastic i appreciate you sharing that with us Woman on page eight of your book you have a poem called remembrance mm-hmm. after reading it it kind of really struck a chord that there seems to be a very deep personal meaning something that's very uh, meaningful to you. I'm just wondering if you can share a little bit more insight on that for us. Remembrance. <laughs> That's one of my earlier poems. Uh, I wrote that when I was probably 12 or 13. And even at that stage in my life, I did not kind of understand why I wrote it until now. Cause normally I don't never go back and read my stuff. I never do. Uh, uh, when I, once I type it and, um, I edit it. I don't ever go back and read it. But with Remembrance, uh, I remember I was writing this specific poem at my grandmother's house. I was sitting at a table by myself, and I really wasn't mingling with the uh, with my other cousins because I just, like I said, I, I didn't fit in. I was the black sheep, so I started writing about um, it was a cold, dreary night of December. Now, per se, the poem doesn't take place in December, you know. I'm just comparing it because when you think of cold, anything dealing with, with cold and numbing sensations, you relate it to, you know, winter, which is in December. And December is also my favorite month because it's my birthday month. So I love December. But um, I was saying how I was waiting for my one true love to, 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 to come back to me. But then I was like the three years of your the waiting is like the three years of your death. So basically what I'm saying here is I'm waiting for something to come back to me. At that time, I didn't know what it was. I'm, I just know I was waiting for something to come back. You know, it's like I use the number three because uh, some things are com- confirmed in three, whether it's good or bad. Things are always confirmed in three most of the, most of the time. So with that being said, the longer I'm waiting for whatever I'm looking for to come back to me, it's like the the further of re- you know me further realizing that it's not coming back. So I wish I was waiting for love, but it wasn't love because I never knew what love was. I knew tough love. I didn't know you know anything endearing and and nurturing, meaningful, compassionate stuff like that. You know I got that from other people like my elders and um 
some people during my my life my lifetime but i'm talking about i'm waiting for childhood to come back to me you know i don't like being an adolescent i don't like being a teen i hate feeling the way i feel because you know i was feeling some of that stuff as a child i didn't know what it was but now that i'm older it's really hitting on me i don't like feeling the way i feel i don't like feeling like this so hey child who won't you come back and we can go back to how it used to be but i'm never going to be a child again i'm never going to get that innocence as i had during the first stages of my life and even if even though i didn't get a lot of you know as much childhood as i would have liked to when i was like the 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 wind tips of the uh well all, the wind and his fingertips will always deflate the flame that's what it means how the wind is letting me know it's never coming back so you can light the candle all you want which meaning you know to find it find childhood find its way back to me but it's never coming back so that's what remembrance excuse me is talking about of how you relate you know certain things to what you do who you are and i think that's a beautiful thing so thanks for sharing that uh so jn i want to oh, really um yeah no problem i really want to learn so the book that i have here little girl blues existence of an image so i understand this is on amazon right now is that where folks can find the book you can find my book little girl blues existence of an image on amazon goodreads smash words al libris a books book depository indie bound barnes and noble and books a million those are the online realtors um local my local bookstores are lemuria in jackson mississippi um keepsakes poetry and collectibles llc is also in jackson mississippi and uh, the other location is downtown marketplace in yazoo mississippi back of your book um you kind of describe on page 58 it's the section about about the author and you mentioned in 2003 that you basically won and uh, got some accolades in a trophy for one of your poems that you submitted into a poetry contest. And is that poem in the book? And what's that poem about? And is it in the book, I'm wondering? Oh, yeah. In 2003, it was my uh, first coming out as a, as a poet. Um, it was in i'm trying to think i'm sorry it's that's been a long time ago uh yeah it was so the destination was supposed to be in orlando florida um a little bit inside disneyland where all the poets around the world you know convened at the the portrait convention and me i was super shy i was super nervous my mom like i said my mother went with me for more support and when i say i got there i was just like wow i mean all these poets all around the world i had no idea some of them was from saudi arabia um some was from here you know within united united states i even met one girl i can't remember her name now but before i had came home i met her at the bus station and she uh she came and sat by me and started talking to me and she was telling me how um she liked my trophy and where did i get it from and i told her and she was like she's a poet too 
and she but you know she didn't get a chance to go because she didn't have the funds to go so it kind of made me feel sad but we end up is changing i won't say numbers but at the time i was doing email and stuff we exchanged emails but i never heard from her again after i left um excuse me after i left um i think the 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 bus station was located in kissing me or kissing me florida <laughs> so i never heard from her again i want to say her name was ashley but i'm not certain but she was really sweet and she was really humble and I, i'll never forget the look on her face how sad she was that she couldn't go and participate but anyway um the poem that i um read was called far from me and it is inside the book i don't remember what page but it is in there and i'm talking about how you have all these beautiful things like you know the sun the moon the stars you have all these things and i compare them to the things that i would like to have in my life like happiness fulfillment a purpose to mean something to somebody to feel precious and cherished by somebody all these things i would love to have in my life but you know it's like the closer i try to get to them the further they get from me so it's like they're so close all these things are so close to me but they feel so far so it's just like you know when most of it well i just say me when i was young i would love to sit outside and look at the moon and the stars especially the stars but it was the moon that just it captivate me because even when the stars are not in the sky with them and even if the it's a cloudless night the the moon is still there still you know illuminating the darkness but it's by itself so that's how i felt with the moon how i'm here too i'm around all these people but i feel more alone than anything so i would always try to reach up and try to touch the moon even though i knew i couldn't touch it it never stopped me from reaching out trying to touch it say well hey i'm here with you too so that's the poem that i read that in it even to this day it still feels like a lot of things uh the other thing is at least everyone that i know that that's an author published author you know what's next uh any other works uh books in the works or any other projects that you're working on right now any new projects hmm I'm working on two right now. I'm a beta reader for one manuscript and another manuscript. I have to, you know, proofread it. And it's another one I'm working on. I'm a little behind on that one because I had to uh, purchase a tool to um <laughs> to, to kind of help me go back over some things I might have missed. But um, as far as new projects, you know, I'm still trying to get my book to become an audio book. I would love to also do my own podcast and... um. I don't know if I'm thinking about a second book or not, but it seems like one may be on the way sooner than expected. So, Mr. Joe McGee, just thank you so much for the opportunity. Sorry for being late once again. And I really appreciate you, you know, going out of your way to help me out more than you know. Thank you, guys. Thanks to all the fans, my supporters, especially the Hobbs family and everybody. You know who you are. Just thank you for your love, your encouragement, your support. And, you know, journeying with me as I'm on my journey, becoming whoever the good Lord wants me to be. Keep, keep doing what you're doing, J.N. Uh, McGee. We appreciate you coming on to the show. 
And uh, you can find this podcast at mcgeeleadership.com. We'll share it out on the YouTube channel, which is McGee Leadership. And we'll also post this to iTunes under McGee Podcast Series for the viewers to find this uh, podcast. So again, thanks, JN. JN, and we'll uh, talk soon, guys. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Oh, thank you, guys. Mm-hmm.